from the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KTYR and its stakeholders, we are the Forum for the Fan, the Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo, here's your host, Steve. Hey, we are the Forum for the Fans, the Bleed Blue Show, Nickelbacker Avenue Fan Forum, post-game versus the Nets, and that was not much of a game. Listen, listen, we're going to have, have a guy down with us. We'll talk about it, get through it. It's going to be a lot of ugly discussion tonight, obviously, because uh, the Knicks getting blown out uh, in back-to-back weeks. And as far as our when we do our episodes on Wednesdays, uh, the same thing uh, over and over with this 2022-23 Knicks team. Uh, we talked about it last week with Av and Mr. Live as far as the Terrible perimeter defense, and it only got worse since we talked about it seven days ago. Um, it, it's it's quite it's quite glaring, and and in today's NBA, if you don't defend the three well and close out well, you're going to lose a lot of games, and especially within our own division. Um, I, I got to say, uh, when we talk with Av and Dom, that uh, the Boston game it still leaves a bad taste in my mouth because. 26 made threes on your home court is unacceptable. Um, and, and and you saw the same thing tonight. And so I saw a lot of, you know, listen, I want to be optimistic, right? I want to be optimistic when we win. You know, you you take your wins and you go, right? The win in Minnesota, um, you okay, you, you, you take the win, you say, all right, cool, you won. You blow you out the uh, Timberwolves who are struggling, but nonetheless you blow them out. You don't want to pick holes and all this other stuff. But we know the issues because the same issues were glaring in that game. But the problem or the difference was in Minnesota, Minnesota can't shoot the three or can't shoot perimeter jumpers like Brooklyn or Boston. And tonight is a clear-cut example. Like the Knicks, like so disengaged, just, just allowed them to shoot. It, it was just ugly. Nickelbacker have our source for the streets for the Knicks. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course we got Dom with us. But Av, say hello to first, and then we go back to Dom, and then we bring you back on. So we can have a nice discussion. Get out of here in about an hour, man. What's up, bro? How's everything? Oh, it's there's there's nothing going to be nice about this. Um, it, it's time to it's time to shred the you know to, to shred this team a little bit because um, you hit it on the head. You know, it's one thing to you know to lose to Boston, you know, and giving them twenty six threes. The other thing to have that bad taste in your mouth from the Atlanta game. Then you have this up. Then you come in. You know, you come into Brooklyn, and you essentially hand uh, Jacques Vaughn his first coaching win as the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, and um, in a fashion which that the only way I can describe it is that it's almost similar to when Jeff Van Gundy got his first head coaching loss. But let's bring on down before I go crazy. Yeah, let's bring him on, Dom. Um, I could have swore Jai Vaughn, did he not coach the Nets before in that bubble? But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Dom, what's up, man? How you doing, man? Donato DP on Twitter. Good evening, Steven. Yes, he did coach the Nets, remember? Yeah, in the bubble, right? Yeah, yep. But let, yeah, let's get yeah, this party started. Now, Dom, oh, listen, I have... Av, with your permission, I I, I want to probably go somewhere where I have no problem going with, 
And Dom, I, I know you're very honest. You're a very honest uh, dude. Ab, if later on in this episode, I really want to talk about the glaring elephant in the room. I, obviously, we played the Nets. No Kyrie Irving. Kyrie is getting a bad shake. I got to speak on that. But we could do that later. It's just, I just want to put that to the backboard. And we'd love to get your guys' opinions, whether we agree or disagree. But, Av, let's sure. go back to it. Minnesota, um, uh, you know, nice win, cool, whatever. You know, isn't I hate, you know, these, weird, these, these trips are really weird in the NBA. You know how they do it. You fly halfway across the country to play one game and then fly back, right? Uh, and then uh, – you got uh, the Boston. It's weird because you beat Philadelphia, but they had no MB, no no Harden. But you beat Philadelphia. Actually, you stole that game from Philadelphia. And then yeah. you saw what happened to Boston. Boston is just a different animal, you know. But leaving all those wide open threes is just it's just disgusting. There's no excuse for that. If you know how you play pickup basketball, and you're right. like, I right, I dare you to shoot. I dare you to shoot. And you do it all, game. That's literally what the Knicks do on defense, man. It's just, but why, though, under Thibodeau? Your thoughts, this game, but the Philly game, the Boston game, Minnesota game. What about tonight or what you saw? I mean, Ab, we've been down this road. We've seen terrible losses, but terrible losses like this under Thibodeau and no defense? Like, what the fuck? Um, that's exactly what I was trying to um, to point out in, uh, during Twitter. I, 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 I was – a little bit more active tonight because I was begging to ask the question since, since Tom Thibodeau is such a defensive minded coach. He learned under Van Gundy, you know, he, he, you know, he, he built the juggernaut, you know, that was the Chicago Bulls. They were, you know, a very tough defensive minded team. And, you know, they were, you know, Eastern conference finalists, you know, pretty much perennial every year. What is going on with this Nick team? I understand that you don't have the personnel. You know, you're always going to have a problem with Jalen Brunson being only six one. You're going to have a problem with R.J. Barrett, you know, because he's always chasing smaller guys. And you're going to have a problem with with, with Randall because you know he doesn't really get you know into the nitty gritty any as much as anymore. You don't have Mitchell Robinson, um, and you basically have guys just they're standing on the perimeter. That's the crazy part. They're, it's not like they're all you know crashing the boards and into the paint. No, they're out there in the perimeter. They're just they just don't know what to do to, to to stop a guy from shooting, or to at least you know put a hand up. And it's just like mind numbing to me because you have the defensive minded coach that is Tom Thibodeau, and you you start to this is where you start to really wonder if Thibodeau has lost the team or not, if he's probably not a you know not a friendly voice in the room or a heard voice in the room because how do you not close out? On you know on, on some of these threes now the transition threes I can completely understand you know it's part of the game now guys are you know are are, are going on fast breaks stopping on a dime and and, and and pulling up for a three pointer that's understandable but when you're but when you're having such a hard time horrible night shooting and so you have to be doing something on defense because if you're not dropping knocking down shots at least try to stop them they didn't do neither one they shot less they shot under thirty three percent from the field. Um, it, it really didn't get kind of interesting until um, there's a guy in the Knicks now that I didn't even know. I can't, I can't even pronounce his last name. Um, but he had like two or threes, and I'm like, well, wait, wait, where was this earlier? Um, in, during garbage minutes. Um, he played at Kansas, by the way. The turnovers. Continue. Right, right. He played at Kansas. But, yeah. but, but, but the turnovers and then the points off turnovers. 
is the most glaring statistic for me that because in just about every Nick loss, doesn't matter how many turnovers it is, whether it's 12, 15, 20, 25, it's the points off turnovers that really gets to me where you're not getting – you're just not closing out on, on transition and you're basically just giving up on the play. You're not even giving – you're not even taking take fouls. That's, that's even crazier to me. Um, I don't know, like, what needs to be said. And tonight's bench, where was the bench tonight? There was, like, no bench tonight. I mean, Brunson was having a bad, bad shooting night. That's understandable. We're all we're all have to have a couple of them here and there. Randall had an okay night. He, he, I mean, he, he had a good start, you know, good first half, or at least a good first quarter. Um, but then you didn't get anything from Reddish, you know, and Reddish had, you know, the tough assignment of having to guard Kevin Durant. But I, I'm wondering, if you know that, you, you have Jericho Sims on Ben Simmons. Why aren't you then, you know, living with the fact that, that Ben Simmons could be open down low and double-team Durant? Because it seems like when Jericho Sims actually did, you know, double up Durant, Durant had to, you know, get rid of the ball quickly. And that's something that Brooklyn does very well. They, you know, they do move the ball around, and they they put it on perfect display tonight. They had, what, th- almost 30-something assists, and the Knicks had no answer in, on, on defense whatsoever. They were playing the man-to-man, then they were playing the switch, and it's like, all right, maybe, I don't know, try a zone, try a box and one, try, some, try something old school, I don't know, do something, because you cannot go into a, a, visiting, a visiting arena, especially a team like the Brooklyn Nets, you know, where they have a superstar, they have a couple of them, and they still have a, you know, a, a much more well-rounded team because they have, they have plenty of shooters to knock down shots, and you don't know. You still haven't figured out a defensive scheme. Okay, first half I can understand that. Second half, where were the adjustments? Where, where was the, what was the game plan? What were you, you know, what was the, you know, the the thing that Tom Thibodeau told his team in that locker room during halftime to, you know, to, you know, to to make improvements to, you know, at least be in the conversation of having a good game. I mean. It, I'm not into moral losses, and I know you, you know we, you know we we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. However, I'm o- I'm okay with losing respectably, but losing in a laugher like that—that's just plain old embarrassing, and that is just complete horseshit for a team like the New York Knicks. And I mean, I get get it. A lot of people don't have a lot of high hopes for them, but they're they're supposed to be at least a much more respectable team. Now that you got the point guard, now that you have, you know, you're going to have um, you have Julius Randle for a full season. You're going to you're going to have Derrick Rose at least for the time being, and he's not very doing much of anything lately. And come on now, I mean, how much? And, and what about you know the, all this hoopla? Finally, having Randall and Obi Toppin on the floor together. They had him on the floor together. Obi didn't do shit. Obi did nothing. He did. He did great in the Minnesota game. He did crap tonight. It's just bullshit. And, and, and it's an embarrassment, especially when you're playing against a division rival, a, a, you know, a bitter rival in in the Brooklyn Nets, and you know that you have to gear up to you know to, to have to have a, the tough task of defending Kevin Durant. Why the hell did you didn't you make any kind of adjustments? Even though, yeah, he had a crap load of assists tonight, but. At least get the ball out of his hands, and you can and, and just live and die with somebody else beating you on, you know, down the down the post. I'm okay with Ben Simmons, you know, beating me in the, in the paint. 
I'm not okay with you putting, you know, you're going against one-on-one against Kevin Durant, and you're just throwing out guys after guys after guys that doesn't, you know, that just doesn't know how to, how to, you know, put a body on him. And it, it, I mean, let's just be realistic. You know, Durant's one of the top five, top five players in the league, and that's understandable. But for Christ's sake, Tibbs, where was the adjustment? What you know? What was your answer to Durant? What was your answer to Simmons? What was your answer to you know to, to just about anybody on Brooklyn? Taylor was having a good day. Oh my God! This is it was it's just horrible, horrible. And then and and I'm sure Dom has numbers to you know to back it up. All right, let's go to the man himself. Let's go to Dom, man. I look forward to hear Dom's response, man. I hope they ain't got you cranky, Dom, uh, oh, man. I'm looking forward to hearing from you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you know what? Let let let's 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 pump our brakes and, and identify a couple of things real quick. Embarrassing, yeah, because you couldn't even score what you average and what the Nets average giving up, which is close. The Knicks average about one fifteen, and Nets average giving up about one twelve. You didn't get nowhere near that. You scored eighty five points. When we talk about a coach losing a team. A wise man once said, a coach don't lose a team. A team loses a team because your best motivation is self-motivation. And I don't think the Knicks have that. And when you couple no self-motivation with a very low basketball IQ, which will lead me to my next take on Knickerbocker Ave, coach adjustments. When you had little kids, you told them, don't touch the socket, don't touch the socket, don't touch the socket. I don't care what kind of parent you was until you put them little covers on it. How many times can he tell them to do, to do? This, 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 this can't be a – let me say it a different way. Defense in the NBA is not defense in the NFL because it cracks me up when people say, what adjustments did they make on defense? Like, okay, let's stop the wide receiver from going across the middle. No, no. you got a couple of guys that can do that. The NBA's defense is based on individual tasks. If you don't get out in time, they bang a three. If you don't get under the screen, they bang a three. If you don't go with the screener and both of y'all go to the guy with the ball, the screener's wide open, he bangs a three. These are individual tasks in the National Basketball Association. I don't care who your coach is. I'm to the point now where I'm almost, and I, I like to, I'm almost to the point where I wish they would fire him because I want to see what somebody else can get these hard-headed, no-basketball IQ-having players to do. And you know what? I'm, I'm tired because I think a lot of Nick players, they're, they're, they're good Twitter players. They're good on Twitter because of these, these fucking zombies on Twitter. Excuse my friend. You know, if these guys, OB, IQ, Reddish, were as good as people say they are on Twitter, we wouldn't be getting blown out. Because here's another key. Tonight is the first night the Knicks lost to a team under 500. Are the Nets your average under 500 team? <laughs> I would say no. I'm just putting that out there. What adjustments do you make against Kevin Durant? What adjustments can you make against Kevin Durant? Everybody tried their hardest. This wasn't like, though embarrassing, this wasn't as embarrassing as the Celtics lost because that was just embarrassing that after 105 threes from Queens, nobody got out on their man. That, that was more embarrassing than this. 
This was embarrassing because of who we're playing, how many points we scored, and it's it's becoming too apparent to me because I, I, I got to stop looking at numbers because I always keep telling everybody when they say R.J. Barrett has improved, he has improved. No, he hasn't. His numbers were worse last year than they were the year before. But, okay, he averaged 20. But he averaged 20 on 17.5 points. I mean, shots. That's not efficiency. If, you're, if your goal is to score 20 points and not be a very efficient player, okay, all right. He averaged 20 points. But we don't, we don't have – I hate to say this, guys, because you all know I'm a Knicks fan. But we have a team full of role players. This is a this is a conglomerate of fifteen role players combined on one team, and we and, and guys we had this conversation. I look back now with the, with the Donovan Mitchell thing, and everybody with the just conspiracy. Oh, they didn't want to do with deal with the Knicks. But if you think in your wildest dream that Obi Toppin is better than Laurie Marketing, you don't know basketball. And I hate saying that. But that was the catch for Utah pulling the trigger with Cleveland. This is a shooter's league, guys. We're watching it right now with these perimeter games the Knicks cannot defend. This is the new NBA, and we can't get out there. But that being said, I happened to catch part of that game today, and, and that, that name, Laurie Marketing, had about 30-something and about 12 rebounds. They beat Atlanta in Atlanta. So – I don't know what they do, guys, but we may get another feel-good story when Friday when we play Detroit because that seems to be our, our mojo. We beat the – well, the good thing is we beat the teams we're supposed to beat. So if, if that's the silver right. lining and the other silver lining, guys, without getting winded, we're 11 games in. You know, let's if, – if some of this, what we're seeing – is still happening 20, 25 games in, 25, I'll say 25 games in, then, yeah, Houston, we have a problem. And come the trade deadline, we might be sellers. I don't know what we'd be selling for, guys. We have a shitload of draft picks already. We got a shitload of draft picks on our team. So I don't even know what what direction you can possibly go. I mean, you sell off some of your players at the trade deadline for more picks. I don't know, guys. It's getting to be a little, you know, I I, I hate to say this, but this, this front office really hasn't done that great of a job. This is what they gave us, guys. This is a team full of role players. It's a team that Leon Rose, World Wide West, all of these so-called gurus, you know, and I don't want to hear the rumors that the Knicks stockpiled all these picks that they're going to make a big splash. We heard that. We heard that all summer, that we were going to trade all our picks, a couple of players move up and get this Ivy kid, that we were going to get Mitchell. No, no. I don't know what they do from here, guys, so they better make good. They got. They have a good team, but it's just a team full of good role players. I mean, I hate to say it is what it is, we could switch the coach tomorrow. That will make a world of a difference. I mean, the Philadelphia Phillies caught lightning in a bottle, firing their manager. But I don't know how many times that actually happened. But 
let, let's revisit this at, you know, game 25. And that, to me, has always been the test. You know, I always agree with Mr. Live. Mr. Live used to always say that, 25 games in, 20 games in. Then we get a good measuring of where we're at. So I'm not going to go crazy. But that being said, if they don't fix this IQ, that basketball IQ, be where you're supposed to be, stay on your man, you know, the basic basketball stuff, guys. I'll tell you this. This is weird, Steve. Do you know that the night the Knicks lost to the Celtics, they was 50, 40, and 90? 50 from the field, 40 from three, 90 from the free throw line. And you got smoked because you couldn't do one thing. You did everything else pretty good. You shot pretty well. (laughs) You defended the paint pretty well. You couldn't do one thing. And that killed them. So, and you know what? It, it was a it was a combined effect, guys. Because if you all remember the Cleveland game, that game probably well, took I'm, me I'm off the most of any game this year. Yeah, I'm uh, glad you said that. I wanted to go. I'm glad you said that because I want to go backwards for with you because I haven't heard your perspective. And I don't know what you right, said on other platforms or or XM or that's or, the one or, game. Or, 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 yeah, we're talking about that game and also the Atlanta game with that big that's lead. That's the only the game, but that's the game I brought that up to you because. That's the game that probably so far this year pissed me off the most. And it became lingering because, remember, we were winning that game. Then all of a sudden, Love turns into Kevin Love, and they can't miss a three. And it filtered right over there when we played Boston. And then tonight. So that one game with Cleveland is sticking in my head because it seemed like that was the beginning of the exposure and it hasn't stopped. I don't care about none of the other games. That Cleveland game sticks in my head because every game after that, except probably the game against Minnesota, and I think you said it on Twitter, they can't shoot. <laughs> so let's just keep it real. But every game after that, it was all about the perimeter. Cleveland, fourth quarter. Boston, whole game. Tonight against the Nets. Here we are. You know, here we are doing the same thing. Can't defend the perimeter. Blame the coach, his adjustments. You know, I wonder if he went in there Ab, and said, okay, Steve, I need you to stay on your damn man. If you have to fight through the pick, fight through the pick, but stay on your man. And you didn't do it. <laughs> they, come on, guys. I, Cleveland, I have a theory. Boston, yeah, Cleveland, Boston, this game. These guys are hitting wide-open shots, fellas, and I'm going to stop there. They're hitting wide-open shots. Right, right. But I have a theory with that, and I brought this up last week to Avin Live. I want to get your thoughts because we've heard for the last couple of seasons, even from you and just pretty much anywhere on the NBA, you follow all these analytics and stuff like that, about pace and how the Knicks were last in pace the last couple of years. But does that play to our disadvantage where when you look at the Knicks roster man for man, they're not like overly athletic guys. I mean, they're in shape, but they're not like athletic, long, linky, athletic guys. You know, athletes. You know what I'm saying? They're just good basketball. Right. They're in basketball shape. So, do you think? And I and I believe this. Do you think that trying to play to this pace of tempo, push that up to try to improve their pace, uh, st- you know, stats as a team is killing them defensively with the uh, perimeter mm-hmm. defense because they look winded. They look winded out there. Right. Dude. 
I don't you think good, you hit too, it, may, it may not be in our favor just, points, just to push pace for, for, for what? It, it don't play to our strength. You hit both, both points, Steve. While we're trying to this, we're failing at that. Great example. Everybody calls the smoke and mirrors, the, the COVID season, when the Knicks were number one in everything defensively. And then they woke up 10 days after the playoffs and said, we need to get off it. We need to be like the rest of the NBA. And what did we do this year? Oh, we got to pick up our pace. We, you're right, Steve. We don't have the bodies. R.J. Barrett has got to be the most robotic-looking player I ever saw. And he's still missing bunnies at the rim. Still missing bunnies. And everybody keeps saying he's only and he's going to be his four years now, guys. I mean, when are we going to say, you know what, he is what he is. He's not that guy. He's not going to be that guy. He's going to be a good basketball player. He is not, I repeat, not going to be a franchise changer, a game changer. He is sporadic at best, but he is too robotic. So if you get a point guard and you think that's automatically going to push your pace, now we see what's happening with that. Derrick Rose, I love him. Don't take this the wrong way. Got one foot on a banana peel and the other one out the door. He don't look the same. We, yeah. we basically yeah, we that chalk that week. one up. Yeah, yeah, we can basically chalk that up. He's not who he was, guys. It's hard to, you know, for some to believe it, but we're seeing it, and we've seen it with other players. So you're right, Steve. You want to push the pace. One, you're not athletic enough, and two, it's killing your defense because while you're trying to push the pace, killing yourself, running around, you can't defend the perimeter, you can't get out in time, so yes, one equals the other equals two equals these people shooting 40-something percent from the three-point line every night. That, you, you, you nailed it, Steve. I really didn't have to answer it. You you made that pretty damn clear, man, so I'm going to let that go. You, you hit yeah. the nail on the head. Yeah, I just I know that I understand they're trying to do something different than the last two seasons. Let's go back to Av. I want to get you back on this conversation and speak on what Dom said. You sure. and you and Dom have a back and forth, and because you already know my thoughts after we spoke about Derrick Rose last week. Dom, our thoughts, honest. Well, I think my thoughts and Dom uh, Av could reiterate. You know, you know, with Derrick Rose coming off that injury, they're trying to. You know, I call it babysit, but uh, manage his time because they. I think he his situation is more. They want to preserve him just in case the Knicks get into a play-in or playoff situation, and Derrick Rose is just getting his legs back under him because of that ankle and losing the weight and all that. Yeah, like the last couple of games, his his, his shooting has been off, but I'm not worried about it. I think Derrick Rose has an excellent basketball IQ where. As long as he stays healthy, and I expect him to do that, is as long as they manage his right. time. He, I think he'll, I think he'll be fine. Ab, if you want to respond to Dom and Dom, if you want to respond to Ab after that, go ahead and I'll speak after that. It's kind of hard not to. It's kind of hard to respond to that because because everything he says is is, is pretty much gospel at this point. Um, you know, we, we we you know we discussed this you know in private and and and, and on on this forum about. 
you know, how RJ has been getting, has been drawing a lot of the tough assignments usually on, on defense and, you know, it's affecting his offense. Um, I mean, plain example, look what he, look what he had to do against John Morant and then he had to do the same thing against Trey Young and then he had to do the same thing against Jalen Brown. And then he had, you know, of course he had, you know, he, he had, um, he had to go with it tonight. You know, he had a couple of sets where he was he was guarding Kevin Durant, and there were other times where he was, you know, he was just non-existent. Um, Dom is absolutely right about the pushing of the pace. Sport. Obviously, we all wanted that they pushed the pace um, because it, it looked like the Knicks were becoming way too methodical and lethargic on offense. Um, you know, you know, getting into the half court set, being kind of too predictable. So, yeah, that's why – I think that's where, where a lot of people were just saying, you know, they needed to push the pace. And getting a point guard like, you know, like Jalen Brunson definitely did that. But now it seems like they're going too fast, too fast for their own britches. And it's like, you know, it's like the first time you're telling a kid, don't, you know, don't chew and um, don't walk and chew bubblegum at the same time if you don't know how to do it. And, and this is kind of like, kind of like what the, what's going on. The Knicks are just not – able to, you know, to multitask on both sides of the floor and put it together for four quarters. You know, they didn't really do that against Minnesota. You know, they put four quarters offensively, but defensively they weren't really there. Um, tonight, you they didn't have it on either side. Um, you know, it, it, it seemed a little bit like they were intimidated. They, you know, they came in, you know, looking a little shook because, you know, now they're, you know, they're in hostile territory. They're in Brooklyn. Um, even though Brooklyn is technically – kind of like a secondary home game, but it is what it is. And, you know, Durant just torched us. And I'm not saying that, you know, we have to, you know, we have to completely stop Durant. No one's going to be able to do that. But at least be coming up as a deterrent to where, you know, he has to, you know, second guess and have to beat you with secondary and tertiary moves instead of, you know, just being able to just shoot over guys or, you know, get into the, get into his, his favorite spots and, and, and take over. Um, that's what I'm talking about, you know, making adjustments on defense. Um, unfortunately, this team is not responding to that. And I don't know what can be said or what can be done because I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking down into this roster and I'm seeing a lot of guys that, you know, that like Derrick Rose, for instance, you know, is Derrick Rose really done? I feel like, you know, the way he's been playing, it almost seems like he is. It's almost like he's, he's really like he, this is just, you know, he, he's just, you know, filling out his contractual obligation and then he's going to go right off to the sunset because um, I don't see him, you know, going anywhere past this season, especially not the way that, you know, um, he's performing this so far. Um, you know, quickly, quickly and Grimes are going to be up for contracts and who knows what, you know, you know what Leon Rose decides to do with him. Um, and just we're stuck. We are kind of stuck, in, you know, in, in, with these contracts. Yeah, we got a great, we got a crap load of, of 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 draft picks, and supposedly, supposedly we're holding on to them so we can trade them for a megastar. I don't know who, what, where, but um, the the reality is is that it's going to end up being similar to, you know, what the Donovan Mitchell trade was talking about. It's going to cost us a crap load of draft picks, a crap load of players. You know, we're going to deplete the system and, the, and basically sell the farm on on somebody. Hopefully it's not Anthony Davis or anybody that's already over the hill. And we're going to, you know, we're going to stay in this doldrum and this, you know, we're too good to be bad and we're too bad to be good. 
And I think that's where, you know, the frustration really lays in, especially considering that, you know, we're playing against Brooklyn, you know, an arch rival. Um, but this is just bad. This is just pure bad basketball all the way around. I mean, if you're not drop hitting shots, at least try to stop your opponent from doing so. They didn't do any of that tonight. It was it was basically they they mailed it in. They called you know phoned it in tonight, and 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 they're just already looking toward Detroit because as Dom said, and, and because you know we've already beat them on our home floor, we're looking at, we're looking at Detroit, and and we're just looking you know to you know to get a mop up game, a tune up game, you know just to get ourselves you know back to respectability. Hey, Don, you want to respond to Ab before uh, we bring on Chris and get his thoughts? Uh, Dom, anything yeah, you want to respond yeah, to that? Or... Yeah, here's the strange thing about Durant. When you say do this, do that with him, he had 12 points and 12 assists. So when he wasn't sticking a jumper in your face, he was giving it to somebody to stick a jumper in somebody else's face. This, this is what I mean, and this is this is to the point you made, Steve. <laughs> They're not athletic. The Knicks have not. Cam Reddish is probably the most athletic player they got. But you never know which Cam Reddish is going to show up. We can't give uh, R.J. Barrett four years' worth of alibis. Oh, he had to check Steve tonight. So, no, that that's part of the game, man. Shoot, most of the game, Randall was guarding Kevin Durant. And he still let us in scoring and rebound, and probably assist. So that, that's a, that's a piss-poor excuse for a professional that we just gave $30 million a year. I don't, I, don't, I don't worry about the Mitchell Robinson thing. I don't. Because we actually had our best defensive season when his ass got hurt that year we were the fourth seed. So I don't worry too much about him. I don't have a lot of faith in Sims. Hartenstein's a great backup, don't get me wrong. But I don't, I don't worry too much about Robinson because he stymies our, our flexibility too. He's not athletic. He, he'll get an alley-oop and he'll block some shots. He's not athletic. He's not going to run the court. You can't give him the ball four or five feet away from the basket. Hell no. <laughs> not on this planet. But you, you nailed it, Steve, and I don't want to keep reiterating that we are not very athletic. We don't have a good basketball IQ. And this is the reason we're giving up what we're giving up now. It's not, it's not coincidence. This is not a coincidence, guys. Once again, I'll go back to the Cleveland game. That's where the wheels started coming off with the perimeter defense. And it hasn't stopped except for the game against Minnesota. So let, let's bring in Chris well, what about, and see what he has to say. Yeah, yeah let's bring in Chris. But what, how do you feel about – Beating Philly, even though they didn't have Harden and Embiid, like how, how did you feel after that game? I mean, they did what they needed to do, right? Or how, right. how you think about that? But that's what they've been doing, Steve. I just said this. They have five wins, and all five wins have been against a sub five hundred team, except tonight. But again, is is Brooklyn really your sub five hundred team? I would say yeah, yeah, no. that's just a bad so, game. Oh yeah, that's just that's a bad right. game. Though. I mean, this, this is the first game though. we lost to a team under five hundred. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm with you though. You you are right though. Like when we play uh, the Detroit's and Orlando's, we kind of held serve. So that's why I'm not really bugging out because if you look at the Eastern Conference outside of your Milwaukee's and your Cleveland's and your Boston's, everybody else is oh you know maybe Atlanta. Uh, everybody else is five hundred. You know, so 
you know, the Knicks are kind of are where they're supposed to be based off what I think they should be at this point. Just, just, just tonight in the Boston game, the, just watching the defense just getting destroyed, and I think it goes back to them not being athletic. They, they, they need. They don't have to. What's the word I'm trying to say? They don't have to appease the NBA masses with this pace crap. Be who you are. Don't try to be something you're not. And I think that's the issue with the Knicks. Stop trying to be something you're not. 82 games. Like, if you got to slow it. Like, Dom, it's just like football, right? And we'll bring on Chris. It's just like football, right, Dom? If you know you ain't got wide receivers, you know, but you got a great offensive line, you're not going to play hurry up football. You're going to run the rock. You're going to do what's best for your offensive unit. You know what I'm saying? No difference if you got a defense. Who who all play defense, man coverage, and and get after the quarterback. You play to your strengths. You don't have to play this a uh, prevent defense if you got guys who could get after the quarterback. But that's the issue with the Knicks. They're trying to be something that they're not, and it's a fine if you're not that. Just be to be who you are. Slow down the game because you, if you slow down the game, say, if you slow down the game, you have better basketball IQ. You're less in the turnovers. Let's say it's this, Steve, and I'll I'll stop after this. We've actually done this two times in the last two years that we tried to change who we were and we got worse. You're right, Steve. Go with your strength. Play to your strength, not the analytic strength. Your strength. And see what happens then. Exactly. Let's get Chris into the conversation. What up, Chris? Bring you on. Chop it up with Nickabaka Ave and Dom, man. What are your thoughts is you know, ugly loss tonight, but you can chop it up with Dom, talk with him, talk with Ab. What's up, bro? How's everything, man? Yeah, I, I actually came on because uh, uh, I'm I'm Bree season on Twitter, so Dom's a good uh, friend of mine on on the app, and he's good people's best voice oh, on, yeah, the, yeah. on Twitter. So, so I wanted yes, to tap sir, in. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for the Knicks, man, uh, so so Kevin Durant was actually the end. Uh, so the the season that Kevin Durant decided to be a Brooklyn Net was the end of my emotional roller coaster with the Knicks. From that moment on, when we didn't get him, I wasn't going to be emotionally too invested in the team. I look at what I see, uh, you know, for mental health reasons, I'm not too high, I'm not too low, and the record shows that we are we are mid we are mid mediocre team, man. So. If you're going to have a game like Monday where you shot the lights out in Minnesota, you're going to have a game the next game where you can't hit nothing. And that's just the way this team goes. Um, the You guys were talking about the pace, which, you know, the, the, Knicks, could, the Knicks could slow it down. That is a possibility. Um, I do think that the mix of guys is not necessarily like a half-court team. So you got some people that do want to run, um, like Obi. Obi wants to run, Cam is good in transition, stuff like that. And then you have the mix of that and your half-court players. Brunton is good in the half-court. Randall's good in the half-court. RJ's a little bit of both. So the problem is I don't think he's necessarily putting together the lineups to to want to run and slow it down the greatest. Also, the thing uh, I'm starting to just – well, I knew this before, but the the talent issue is really – is it's really the thing that's most glaring now. Um, so the thing when I watched Brooklyn was um, they had a duo of uh, Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Durant, which is an explosive duo. So in the playoffs when um, I'm looking at Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum kind of match that output in scoring, 
I'm like, I don't know if this if this team is being over over projected or the fact that what happens when the rest of the league catches up because most of the league has two guys that could give you 25 and 30. So I think our talent right now is just is just not good enough night to night. You watching Kevin Durant on uh, ISO not move and watch the defender just be off kilter and he just shoot the shot. And then you go on the other end and you got to watch our players dribble the ball 15 to 20 times to get a shot off. If you don't have, like, those guys in a particular night, uh, we don't have, like, high-efficient guys. I think Jalen Brunson might have the best percentage-wise on the team at, like, 50. That went down after tonight. Um, but it, talent-wise, it's just, like, we, we've never been able to beat Brooklyn one. Um, well, not when Kevin Durant played. And it's just like night to night, we got to have all of our guys play well. And then people is, is living off their talent from like Kevin Durant and the attention he draws. And then you got random dudes just coming and killing. Uh, we're not consistent. And it's just gonna be a thing that happens all year. If you if you if this if you want if you're a fan of Dick, this might be the worst one for like your health because game to game you're gonna either go crazy or not go crazy enough. I I can't, I can't really explain it with this team, man, but it's it's gonna be a long year. It's gonna be a long eighty-two. <laughs> yeah, if you want to respond to Chris, and then after that we can go to Dom and respond to Chris. Y'all can have it back and forth, and then I'll chime in with everybody been saying. So I I got it written down on highlighting the notes. Well, I can Well, first of all, it's always good to hear the Godfather. That's just you know it's like Christmas for us because um, every time he he comes on, he, he brings up that knowledge and that and, and, and that energy. So um, the thing is, is that um, I understand why he doesn't you know get it as as invested as as, as the most as the, the majority of us. Um, oh, okay. Oh, oh, that, 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 that's a different Chris. This is Chris Breezy on Twitter, Dom's boy, not the Godfather Chris. But yeah, I, I, just, that I thought. Oh, it sounded just like him. It sounded just like him. It I'm sorry. Like him, right? Uh, <laughs> Wrong Chris, though. Wrong Chris. Okay, well, Chris, well, well, hey, good to have you, Chris. Um, <laughs> anyway, it, 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 it is, but you know what? It is detrimental to your health because, obviously, I'm already going – I'm already getting a case of Alzheimer's at 41. That's crazy to me. So, but, it's, but anyway, um, no, um, look, I believe the Knicks have talent. They just don't have, you know, the right scheme, to, you know, to, to, to run that talent. Um, oh, right, right. And I don't – I'm I'm not a I'm not a component of of of, of, of the Nick fandom that you know that's all about firing Tibbs, but at this point, that might be the best way to go. But if we do that, where do we go next? It's like who's gonna who's gonna jump in that hot seat? Are you gonna put fucking um, Brunson's dad on? You, you know, are you gonna make him head coach? Or, or, I'm like, who's next in line? And you know, or, or are you going to give the Udoka idea a chance? I don't know. I mean, the reality is that um, there needs to be a, a much more you know stricter um, stewardship of of the team, and because obviously there's you know this is a team that has really no identity. You know, they're exciting one night, they're they're shit the next. Um, they don't close out on threes. They don't close that on on twos either. Um, you know, it, they all seem very lost, 
as to what exactly there is to do um, or, or what position they play because, you know, we're all in this positionless basketball idea. We're almost running the damn triangle, you know, at times, and it's giving me, you know, an anxiety attack. But if guys played their position right, handled their assignments, and played like a team, we should be a little bit more respectable of this. I mean, I, I could, like I said, I can accept, a, you know, a respectable loss of, you know, maybe 8 and 10 as long as you give me effort. But if the guys are just not even shooting, they're not knocking down shots, and then and at the same time they're not defending, so then what did I just watch for two and a half hours? I just basically watched and it made no sense. The Knicks needed, you know, we, you know, every time they win, we're, we're thinking like, oh, this is, might be the turning point. This might be the moment where, you know, they establish an identity and they turn it around. They, they go on a run and, and, and they start to right the ship. But then here comes, you know, a Brooklyn or a Memphis or an Atlanta or a Milwaukee or, you know, or whoever. And, or a Boston, and they just wipe the floor with you in some way. I mean, for the exception of Memphis, um, they, they come in and they basically kind of put you back in your place, and then the Knicks again look lost. Um, it's, it, it bothers me. It, it, it really does because you're thinking, that, you know, with the acquisition of Jalen Brunson, that it would right the ship somehow. And it, in a lot of ways it did, but – I feel that this team should be a, a better, you know, better than below 500. It should be a little, Ab, you know, at least one or two games. Ab, Ab, the two games that Dom alluded to, the two games you should have probably had in your bag, and let's go to Dom and we go back to Chris, was the Cleveland game and the game we talked about last week. Like, it was one of the bizarre games i probably ever seen out of a Tom Thibodeau game. Up, like, like, 23 and lose the lead in, like, 10 minutes to Atlanta with no Trey Young for most of that game. So... Those are the two games you had. If you would have at least got a split out of one of those two, I don't think, you know, we're as melancholy as we are right now. Don, you want to have anything you want to say before we go back to Chris? Yeah, and first I'd like to thank my boy Breeze. And I was trying to get his partner to come on too because if you think I'm a numbers guy, he would have gave me a break. I wouldn't have had to do no numbers. He's running, <laughs> buddy. He's, he, he's more into numbers. He'd have, he'd have told you to hold your breath because quickly is going to become a shooter come January. He's got this broken down to where he can't play in October, November, December, but he plays ball in January moving forward. But if you go back to game one, guys, we should have won that game. So if, if we would have won that fair, game, fair, and let's fair. just take one, let's just take one other, uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. That means Atlanta. not all okay. – right, that, that would mean – not even going to say Cleveland, because then I'd be pushing it. But let's just say Memphis, Atlanta, that would be two games that we won against teams with a 500 record. You throw Cleveland in there, it would have been three. Because, like I said, right now, today was the first game we lost to a sub-500 team. We have not beat a team that's above 500. So those two wins and possibly three could have possibly made a little difference and turned somewhat of a corner. But I, I still believe that we're, we're lacking – come on, guys, I hate to say this. One, the off, I said this for years, Steve, the, off, the NBA is an offensive-driven league. 
If you ain't got studs that can get the ball in the hoop at any given time, like a Kevin Durant, no shade. I always told you, Steve, I don't care who he plays for. I always liked him. I love the way he plays basketball. You could give Kevin Durant a ball and a pair of dogged-out sneakers, and he'll just go out and play basketball. That's what I always admired about him. We don't have that. We have a roster full of role players that if they come together, they'll be competitive. But like we said a few minutes ago, Steve, identify your, your strengths. Not the NBA strengths. Identify your strengths, and let's try to run with that. I like to hear more from my boy Breeze. I'm glad he showed up. We got a new, a new running mate, hopefully. But I, again, let me thank my brother for showing up. Thank you, Breeze. Yeah, Breeze, respond yeah, to Dom on that, man. By all means. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when he says, like, I'm, and, and I'm not down on the talent. I'm just there's echelons. Like when he speaks of all of the games that we could have won, think about who had the games. Like Kevin Durant triple double tonight. Dejounte Murray eight, 1,800 steals with thirty, and then Donovan Mitchell with thirty something. <laughs> like the job of rank open the night. Like that. That is the difference. Like you in these high leverage games. And then we got a we got a bunch of dudes who fumbling the ball, and and then to the Jalen Brunson point, like I'm I'm of the ilk right now that God couldn't point guard this team because the like while everybody comes at the offense and you know offensive schemes, the 2022 basketball everybody is doing the same thing: pace and space. You screen and get switches. And you're picking and rolling. Everybody, no, no matter what variation of offense it is, you're doing the same thing. Now, when your point guard gets you a switch, being Julius Randle, and you have a two guard on you, and you settle to spin into a double team and turnover, and or you're you're or you get the switch, and or you throw the ball to R.J. Barrett with a point guard, and he settles for a foul line floater, and that's just the culture of this team. Like Boston, literally the whole game was pick and roll switch once you get the switch they break down that man or they shoot the three everybody can do the same thing but us that's the talent issue so when you look at a point guard everybody say i thought the offense would have been better i thought the offense would have been better down to dom's iq issue it don't matter how i set you up if you still take bad shots as an offense like a lot of it is tom Thibodeau's system yes but also you're still on the court. Like certain players, like you can get De'Aaron Fox or or Brandon Ingram on this team, and they'll get the same twenty twenty five that everybody else get that every that we can't get on this team. It's because they natural play like the talent. Like we we look at that guy, we depended on Julius Randle to ISO from the three point line. Then we depended on R.J. Barrett to ISO. It's just not their game. So, like, God couldn't point guard this team the way everybody wants him to. Because in the NBA, if you can't score, you're not a threat to, to then facilitate for other people. Um, case in point, Ben Simmons. He can't score no more, so everybody just leaving him alone. So all of the people that want Brunson to be averaging 15, 20 assists, Andre Miller type don't exist in this current NBA though. They just don't. But uh, let me respond to that, and we'll go around for final thoughts because uh, you're right. Uh, as far as today's NBA and everybody's trying to be a duplicate of each other, it's kind of the same thing of how 
the Hawks were trying to duplicate what Steph and Clay were in Golden State, where they try to draft all these shooters around Trey Young. Uh, well, after they made the trade on draft night for Luka Doncic with Trey Young, and then but that didn't work for them. So sometimes teams could co- carbon copy it. Some teams can't. But you're right. The Knicks are offensively anemic. So this is what I'm saying. Like why play this pace game, trying to be something you're not? Where we, I think you can tune up a little bit defensively, slow down the game, so you so guys can close out on defense and make uh, a diff- uh, uh, you know put a hand or contest a shot. Um, and, and you, you know, great point, and it's a nice leeway as, as far as saying what uh, Knicks are, uh, can't score because I was with uh, shout outs to be true to life. That's Brutus. We all know who Brutus is. I was on with them in the Knicks spaces a couple of days ago, or was it yesterday? One of them days. I get my days mixed up, but you know, you guys know, you guys already know where I stand with Mitchell Robinson, and, and it's the development on this team is is subpar. And I was trying to explain that to Brutus. A couple of days ago, on the on the on the space, like and, and you know, we know what Mitch is defensively. That's not even a question. But you know, he's going to be banged up for seven to ten games. You know that the last couple of off seasons, if if he he to me he would if when we talk about Nick's upside, if he would have been the one guy who worked on an offensive game, we're I'm telling you, I don't care what kind of NBA you have or not, we would probably be looking at a, a better peak within the division alone, if this guy had a piece of a jumper, he would be a 10-time All-Star immediately. He already has the defensive tools, the rebound and blocks, all that stuff. If this guy could do a 10-foot, 12-foot jumper, I just don't understand how a, a professional basketball player does not work on this shit all off-season. Like, what else are you doing? You should be shooting jump shots, 5,000 jump shots a week. He, you, why you can't do that? Because what I was saying to, the, 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 to Brutus is these – look at Taj Gibson. He, why do you think he's still in the league? Look at Al Horford, a guy who never made a three-pointer in like the first six, seven years of the league with the Hawks. When he went to the Celtics and the Sixers, he's now knocking down, you know, 100 threes a year, 103-point makes a year. Look at a guy like Miles Turner, a guy who, who's killed us. <laughs> Put him out there. He defends. He does all the things Mitch does, and he pops threes. So the point is, I'm trying to say is, everything we're talking about as far as Knicks, not the Knicks pace and not what there should be, we should slow it down, slow down, because I think we're more of a half-court team anyway, but I'm not saying take away pace altogether. I mean, you got to pick and choose your spots. But if you're going to try to play this pace, uh, 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 you know, Kentucky Derby, race away, it's going to kill us defensively, like you saw in Boston, like you saw in Minnesota. Even the Minnesota just can't shoot. And you saw it tonight with Brooklyn. Brooklyn got nothing but shooters. Because if, you know, you try to play that game with Durant, you got Seth Curry, you got Joe Harris, Patty Mills. These are guys, that's all they do is shoot. We can't play games like that with wide open threes. Like, we're going to get killed. We'll have our, we'll have our fine, you know, we'll have our games against, uh, you know, the Detroit, the Orlandos, and then the Indianas. And that's the one, that's another thing I'm banking on. Because a lot of us outside of Milwaukee, Cleveland, and Boston, you know, everybody else has been 500 for the most part. All right, one more point. I want to go back to Av, and then we'll get final thoughts. We got to have – somebody said it. I think it was you, Dom, or Av. I can't remember. But Cam, Cam Reddish and, – and I'm not trying to kill Cam Reddish because, you know, you heard me since opening night, Av. You, I, I couldn't stand when Nick fans were just on that. Like, that's one game out of 82. Cam Reddish is so up and down. But the problem – so we need to find roles. We need somebody who's going to actually – 
stick to defense. Like, for instance, like a Bruce Bowen. We all know what he his role was. Or a P.J. Tucker, a guy who's going to play defense and not down corner threes. The Knicks need somebody who's going to – we need somebody on this roster or somebody else's roster who can do that, like committed to defending knockdown jumpers or, or defending the ball in the half court. Uh, Av, you have anything else? Uh, I think I got most of everything I wanted to say on that because uh, – uh, as far as offensively challenged, it, we, we talked about this for years on this, especially the last couple of years since the COVID. But have anything else you'd like to add uh, to the conversation before we go around for final thoughts? Yeah, unfortunately, the, you know the player that you, the players you just mentioned. Um, unfortunately, Robert Ory and Mario Eli and Charles Oakley, right, and right, guys like guys like that, they're all retired. So you know. Guys, who, you know, who come in do a, come in do a job and, and occasionally, you know, you know, score at least eight to ten points and but do all the dirty work. And yeah, we're desperately missing that. That you know, I mean, now we're really missing Tosh Gibson, you know, and and guys like Nerns Noel when you know when he was here, um, who did that? Um, you know, even Lance Thomas um, when, when he was here, you know, he, he he did a lot of that. And unfortunately, you know. The, the, the Knicks front uh, front office is you know constructed this team the way they did. Um, I understand I understand more or less what you know what you know what the the, the direction they're trying to go for, but um, we still don't have an identity, and we're basically still going you know playing it on a whim, and you know one get, each game is going to be different. You know, we're going to beat the teams that we're supposed to beat, you know, you know, or you're offensively and defensively superior. But when it comes to the elite teams, because Brooklyn, despite the fact that their records, you know, shows difference, you know, they're one of the elite teams. They're the team, you know, one of the teams that um, people are predicted to make the playoffs, um, despite all their controversies and situations. And um, and we didn't get a chance to talk about the Kyrie Irving thing, but um, – Oh shit! I mean, that's... No, fuck it. Let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. You're right. I forgot. I, I brought all it right. up and I forgot about it. <laughs> you you talk about you have Alzheimer's <laughs> and I'm on the way bringing up the topic. I forgot about that. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Well, what are your thoughts real, on that? We can we can chop it up about Real quick, real quick on that. Um, is this not like the best situation that Brooklyn's owner Joe Sy has gotten himself into with Sean Mark? I mean, they didn't. They didn't. They don't want Kyrie Irving on the team. They don't. They didn't want to pay him, but he had a player option, and now they're going to suspend him without pay, keep him away from the team. Don't have to pay him, and they, they don't have to risk, you know, having to, you know, to trade assets or even see him on another team till next year. This, this, I mean, I know this sounds like a conspiracy theory, but if this is not perfect timing, I don't know what is. Uh, um, is it fair? Not necessarily, you know. I, I've tried to, you know, to, to keep an open mind about it, but I just look at it from, you know, from an organizational standpoint. This is like the perfect storm that you, you know, that they could ever ask for. They didn't want Kyrie Irving to, you know, to exercise his option. They wanted him gone. Now they have him gone for at least a minimum of five games, and who knows for how many more. And the NBA is probably going to step in and, and, and at some point about the situation. Um, um, Kyrie put himself in a bad situation, and he, you know he he, he he continues to do these things. Um, it's almost like Kanye in, in a sense. I mean, 
these guys are like, you know, two peas in a pod almost because in the way they describe themselves, the way they interact with people, you know, it's, it's strange behavior, you know, to us, um, but it's messed up. Um, I think that it should let the guy play, um, you know, stop, you know, stop letting outside, um, outside um, situations, you know, dictate, the, the, you know, what's going on in the game. But again, uh, on behalf of the league and the, and the organization of the Brooklyn Nets, I completely understand. All right, shout-outs to Av. We'll come back to you for final thoughts. Uh, Breeze, if you want to give us uh, final thoughts to Nick, and if you have a, your two cents on the Kyrie situation, you know, feel free, man. It's all, you know, everything is, you know, be honest as you can be here on the Nickelbacker Av fan forum. Then we'll get Dom's thoughts, then go back to Av, and, and then I'll get my final thoughts on all of that. All right, man. I, 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 expect, uh, <laughs> I expect them to win in Detroit because, that is the mid <laughs> vibes that they got going on. You know, win who you're supposed to beat, and then you lose to who you're not expected to. Um, for the Kyrie thing, I mean, organizationally, it's, it's just kind of crazy that they were kind of figuring it out on the fly what to do with him. And it's like, I, I don't think that they had very, like, strong stances on, on what they did. Um, because the issue is like a complex one. I do I do think that he doubled down when maybe he should have just had more information and it was it was kinda ignorant on his part to just, you know, double down when you didn't have all the information. But at the same time it's 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 kinda just like open open the window of, of kinda how the NBA it's how there's two sides of kind of the NBA for certain for certain issues and for in certain topics, even though they they are you know avid um, about using your voice and stuff like that, um, because the Brooklyn Nets from the beginning it looked like they they were just willing to kind of let him do whatever until it got really bad, and then now you now you're on this report him to the NBA list of demands kind of thing. It's all kind of nasty, to be honest. Um, basketball, I mean, I don't, I don't think it should really just be basketball talk around it. I think they should really just figure out, you know, have the conversation with him um, about what needs to be done. And I think him and Adam Silver was at a point to where they were going to do that. But the list of demand things in 2022 is, is, is kind of wild, to be honest about that. Um, as far as the Knicks go, man, I just hope, you know, some consistency is a thing. If you look at, like, I I thought that uh, Emmanuel quickly would be the X factor um, for the season because I wasn't sure of how uh, Cam Reddish minutes would be distributed. Um, it, most of the games uh, quickly played, uh, didn't play well, we lost. Um, and now that we're looking at D-Rose kind of deteriorate as of right now, it's even more important. If our bench can't win the matchup against benches, like they, they was Hauser for the Boston the other day. Now, Sumner, even though he's not – I mean, he's a bench player normally if Kyrie's here. Um, then uh, the Dean Wade kind of thing. If we're supposed to have the best bench in the NBA, they're supposed to be winning these matchups. And the fact that they're not or they're playing even the certain matchups when we don't have starting lineups that's going to beat many starting lineups, it's not ideal to get some of these wins that we're not supposed to get. So in the number one factor in that would be Emmanuel quickly. 
So I need him to, to find his shot or get it together because the rookie season, him is looking like the best version of him, and I, I'm not really a fan of that. Um, so as soon as he get his stuff together, I think our season can start to take off. And, you know, maybe that maybe that uh, hopefully if Quentin Grimes ever plays, you know, maybe that opens up a little bit something more for different lineups and things like that. But right now, Toppin's look development, which is kind of crazy to me because quickly has way more freedom than him offensively. It looks leaps and bounds away from where Emmanuel quickly is. And I don't know how we got here. But, yeah, that's all I got for y'all. I appreciate y'all uh, letting me tap in. Oh, yeah, man, every Wednesday, Nickelbacker Avenue Field Forum will be on next Wednesday, 9 p.m. before that Denver game. That's a late game. Sheesh. That'll be the last episode before Thanksgiving, but anytime, man. Shout out to Breeze, man. Let every, your Twitter handle, bro. Let them know like what, how we, uh, we could uh, tweet at you, man. Yeah, yeah Breeze season, uh, regular spelling for everything, no underscores, no nothing, Breeze season. Uh, y'all could just tweet at me, follow me. I usually the funny guy, but I'm also the sensible Nick guy because there's not too many of those left on the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, shout-out to uh, Breeze, man. Thank you, man, on, on that, and look forward to chopping it up with you here on the Nickelbacker Avenue Fan Forum as well as on social media to continue the conversation. Dom, oh, man, I waited all week to hear from you on this, man. You, you're, you pulled no punches, bro. Go for it. Final thoughts, Knicks, Kyrie, Shebang, Av, same thing, and then and I'll chime in, and we're out. Well, first, first let me let me piggyback off what Breeze said about this timeline. Brutus ain't the same Brutus we used to know. So be be careful on them state on them spaces, Steve. I love you. If you want to be on a good space, check out Breeze, follow Breeze, him and his boy D. When you listen to their space, we all remember the quiet storm on WBLF. Oh, doing doing their space, yeah, doing their space is like being on the quiet storm compared to some of these other spaces with the yelling and the screaming and everybody's got a fix and I hate Thibodeau, get rid of Randall, the sky is falling, all of that bullshit. So these two guys, they they run a nice space. It's calm. I try to I try to chime in every time they do it. So that out, Steve. But let me just jump into the Kyrie no, no, no. thing real quick. I cannot be a hypocrite. I cannot be against big government and government mandating what an individual should do in their life and then flip it just because it's Kyrie. I am not a Kyrie Irving fan. We all know that. But I cannot take, again, knowing what he said, the ramifications of what he said, it's it's this cancel culture shit. One, has to stop. Okay? Two, we we go back to what happened to Kyrie last year because he didn't want to get plucked because big government said he had to be. Then little government in New York said he had to be. But then everybody says the Nets could have paid a fine and let him play, but if there wasn't big government telling him what he had to do, none of this shit would have ever happened. So that part I, I, I can't backtrack on. I, I cannot imagine somebody telling me because I said an oops. You know, Kevin Hart said it right with this cancel culture shit. Nobody can say they're sorry no more. That, that don't work. Saying I'm sorry just don't work no more. Kyrie could have said he was sorry until the cows come home. Now you want him to fork over $500,000. I think that's pushing an envelope that, that the union has to step in if they have a backbone. You cannot dictate what a man does 
with his finances because of something he may have said. Because if that's the case, we'd have a lot of owners, politicians, a lot of them paying fines for some of the shit they said, and they could say, oops, I'm sorry, and cancel culture skims over that. No, this shit mm-hmm, got to stop. Mm-hmm. And, again, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not defending Kyrie. I, I just can't be a hypocrite on how I feel in real life and then flip it simply because I don't like an individual. No, fair is fair, right is right, wrong is wrong. You cannot, to me, dictate to nobody, one, what he should say, how he should say it, and then after right. he says it, you're going to give him, you know, like, like, a, like a drug addict to, to 12 steps. You're going to give him six blocks he has to check off before you can say what? Oh, you're a good boy now, Breeze? No, I can't do it, Steve. You know how I feel, you know, politically, you know, uh, individually. You know where I come mm-hmm. from. I can't right, see right. it. I don't like it. And I, I, if, if, the, if, the, if the long game is for the Nets not to have him on their team, then that's a Nets thing. That shouldn't be a dictatorship thing. The Nets are the ownership group. If they can find a way without all this bullshit trying to use this bullshit to get him off of their team, then you find a way. Don't use this. Because, again, we could all be put in that bubble. We could all be put in that cancel culture shit, and here we are. So I'm going to stick to my guns. I don't like how they're treating this. I don't. And we've had this conversation, too. Adam Silver has not done too many things right since he's been the commissioner. Let's just keep it 100. He's not been, whatever. So that being said, I will close with, on behalf of myself, Nickabaka Ave, the Godfather, Friday is Veterans Day. If you know a vet, reach out to a vet. If you are a vet and you want to go get your stomach pumped with all of that free food, have at it. It's our day. Enjoy it. All the veterans out there that listen to it, I love you. Thank you for your service. And keep your heads up. And as always, Steve, thank you, my brother. I love you. Keep up the good work. Love you too, Dom. Happy Veterans Day. And shout out to Chandler out there. Happy Veterans Day to him too. Ab, the Marines, the Army, Navy, the Air Force. Shout out to you guys. Thank you very much on your final thoughts. And I'm glad that, you know, we're glad to, to hear from you, Dom. You know, you're very honest. You're, everybody here on this platform is honest. So this is why you could be on the Bleed Blue show and speak honestly. Nobody's going to berate you or cancel culture you unless you want that, sh- you know what I'm saying? You, if you come in with the sheep SPM bullshit, I might check it. But, you know, if you think it for yourself, you know, we've been here for a long time. Ab, you know how that works. Like, nobody's going to berate you for an opinion. We, we could agree and disagree and move on like men and women, man. But uh, shout out to Dom and Av. Final thoughts, sir. And you've been making your rounds of uh, Nick's platforms and uh, documentaries Movie star now, ass. What's good, man? Final <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I, first, I want to say, you know, say thanks to the New York Knicks podcast for having me last night with Keith and and, and the Mad Hatter. I had a lot of fun. Um, on Dom's note, um, I want to wish every veteran, every every man, woman, and child that has ever served in in, in our armed forces a happy Veterans Day on Friday. Um, and, of course, tomorrow, Thursday, November 10th, I want to wish every single United States Marine a special happy birthday, Semper Fi. Um, it's the Marine Corps birthday. So, yeah, this week is, you know, it's, it's crazy for us because, you know, we have the Marine Corps birthday and then the Veterans Day the day after. Um, I hope to be part of the parade. Um, still checking my schedule to see if I can be part of that up, at, um, up in Manhattan. 
um, you know, the sacrifice is, 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 is recognized and it's appreciated. So thank you, every, every one of you, whoever, whoever put on the uniform with pride and honor and served this great country of ours, you know, that allows us the freedom of speech and allows us, to, you know, allows us to have any other civil liberties like voting and equal rights and equal pay and all, the other, and all that other happy stuff that America, you know, prides itself on. Thank you very much. Thank you for your service. Your sacrifices are not taken for granted. We appreciate you. We love you. And I hope you enjoy your holiday and, 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 and benefit from the free food that we're about to, you know, we're about to partake in. Look, the New York Knicks, um, this was a bad loss. And, you know, this was, this is so far not going according to, you know, what many, what many fans would hope to have had, um, you know, at this point, you were hoping for at least some some kind of respectability. I mean, five and six. It, 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 I mean, it's still respectable in, in, in to some degree, but at the same time, you were hoping that the, the Knicks would show you some kind of a, of a of a personality, some kind of an identity, some kind of of a direction of where they're headed and, and, and establishing of who they are. And still, you know. And I'm sorry. I, I'm, I know what Dom said in terms of you know these are still kids and 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 a lot of people keep on saying this stuff. But you know we're all grown adults, and we all know that when we're professionals in, in our given field, we have to do you know we have to we have a job to do. And tonight the Knicks didn't do their job. I, you can't tell me that anybody did their job tonight, um, aside from the Brooklyn Nets, and it showed. It, 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 it's embarrassing. It's Downright wrong, you know, to you know, to, to you know, to, 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 to be beaten that way, and to have too many of these kind of games where we're losing, you know, and losing in in like catastrophic fashion. Obviously, there are huge, there are a number of holes in this roster. There's a number of holes in this in, in, in the team and in the, in the way the things is constructed and the way they're you know they're executing. But it has to, you know, adjustments need to be made. And I'm expecting some kind of uh, repercussion at some point. Um, when it happens, you know, it remains to be seen. But um, final announcement, um, this Sunday at Tito's Barbecue Station in Harlem, Lennox Avenue between on the corner of 127th and in between 127th and 128th, 3.30, official screening, Orange and the Blues. It is the fanumentary that, that I'm part of. Uh, Left Turn Productions by Akeem Roberts Film. We will have official screening. Come join us. Uh, I believe we're playing Sunday as well, so we can we can have a viewer party at the same time. Uh, hope to see everybody there. Um, you know, have a great time. You, you know, you know, show some love and some unity as as the Nickelback Nation as 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 we always do. And as always, Nickelback have on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave Blue Sangre through all day, every day. Honorable one, Nickelback Av on his final thoughts. Shout out to Av, man. Thank you very much, Av. Final thoughts on the Knicks. Uh, I, I probably have to save my thoughts next week for the rest of the NBA as I'll catch up on the rest of the league on uh, next week's episode before the uh, Denver game. Um, the Knicks. It, it, listen, so they got to find. You guys already said it. Find an identity. Be who you are. I said it all night long on this episode. Um, they just don't look like they're who they are based off their roster and the personnel. They're not an athletic team, but I think they are a smart basketball team if they maximize their possessions offensively and defensively and, and win those little battles there. 
you know, this pace thing is not working for them. And and I think that's just going to kill them if they continue at, quote, unquote, no pun intended, this pace. <laughs> Be who you are and fix that. Win these couple of games versus Detroit, Oklahoma City, and who you got a tough one versus uh, Dominic's is, uh, Utah Jazz before that Denver game. Whoo! Who saw that shit coming? I did not see the Jazz coming. Now, I thought they would have had a nice little roster, but, I mean, wow. Uh, Danny Age does it again. <laughs> I think that's the one thing I thought they were tanking, though. I thought they were tanking, though. That. I, I mean, listen. I thought so too, man. They got they got rid of literally their whole roster, and it's still in first place in the uh, the Northwest. It's unbelievable. Good wins too by them, by the way. By the way, but we'll, we'll we'll get to see them on Tuesday. So we'll uh, we'll play them uh, in Utah, Salt Lake, Salt Lake City. Now let me say this. I gotta be honest with you guys. Like, listen, the Bleed Blue Show. We don't normally dive into these topics because we're all. 99, 95%. I mean, eh, we got to get back on it. We're gonna have, I'm going to have to reach out to you. we got to get back into these fan-level series like we used to do back in the day. Uh, we could probably talk more about that on there. But, uh, like, this platform was always designed to discuss what you saw during the game and react, basically how we saw the Knicks get, you know, get destroyed tonight, right? That's basically our bread and butter, right? But sometimes these topics carry over, and we can have that conversation here. This is the honest barber talk. You know, barber uh, barbershop talk you're gonna have is on a, a platform like this. You know, we don't you know, we're not gonna berate you or you know, uh, you know, we, we, your opinion is your opinion. Don has his opinion. Av has his opinion. Uh, uh, you know, live comes on or breeze season, whoever, whoever, Marlo over to you, anybody, Sim, anybody, regardless of the platform, whatever the sport. I, my thoughts are this, and I'm gonna be straight up honest with you, man. Listen, I have no issue. With Kyrie exercising his right to free speech, we live in a butthurt society, and and I really am disgusted at the pay gatekeepers in the uh, former NBA uh, Hall of Famers just trouncing them, and the biggest hypocrite of them all, who I actually do like as a person and as an entrepreneur, is Shaquille O'Neal. How are you going to trash a guy and you have an independent movie theater pretty much playing the same the- uh, same movie that Kyrie only promoted it via a, a picture of, in a tweet. He didn't really speak about it, but people jumped to conclusions so fast and made sure they want to hold their, you know, watch their wallets because they don't want to get quote-unquote canceled culture. You look like hypocrites. Listen, we live in, the, in, in, the, in the America. We live in a free society. You have a right to free speech. It's not like Kyrie or, you know, I'm not going to go into the Kanye stuff, but let's focus on Kyrie. It's not like he's out there talking about game banging and, and killing and terrorist attacks and none of that. Kyrie speaks from a perspective, and I bet you if you did your research, you might be open to understanding where he's coming from. And I'm going to leave it at that because I understand where he's coming from. And there's a lot of things Kyrie, Kyrie, you know, Kyrie Irving says that I actually agree with, and there's some things – not that I don't agree with them, like the flat earth society things. Those are things I don't know about because I don't want to sound ignorant because I have not done the research because we know, we know everybody has their opinion on that. I, the guys, I'll, this is what I respect about him versus a lot of the sheep in that league because he's his own man. He stands on his own too. He speaks his peace. And, and to me, it's not domestically terrorism or none of this shit that everybody's trying to paint this brush. And you know what? And I feel I really feel bad about the league, and I'm I'm glad the NBA PA is kind of going to try to appeal this because you're supposed to represent your players, 
And like Dom said about the vaccination, I with Kyrie on the vaccination. Like, come on, let's stop the bullshit. Like, I think we all know by now. It's really no different how you look at if you choose to do drugs, it's your body, your choice. If it's, uh, you know, alcohol, if you choose to drink alcohol, your body, your choice. The vaccination, same thing applies. Your body, your choice. To oust, you know, oust them on that. And then just a season later it, uh, about, you know, you know, sh- you know sharing a, a tweet about a, a movie that Shaq was actually promoting in his own theater. <laughs> it sounded like a hypocrite. People need to just live in a butthurt society. I'm all about the truth. We can agree or, you know, we can agree to disagree. But, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I stand with Kyrie on this, man. In the aspect of free speech, I'm tired. That's the thing. This is why the Bleed Blue Show is this, too, because we, everybody should have a platform. No matter if Nick Nickelbacker Ave goes on New York Nick's podcast or, you know, Nick's spaces. The point is you have to have a conversation regardless. We live in a social media era where everything is type, 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 read, read, read. The reason why I love what we do here on the Bleed Blue Show across all the sports is we're talking with real people and have real dialogue, real conversations, whether you agree or disagree. And that's what the society is losing in because we're having this digitalized reading fucking posts all day long. It, people need to get out and start talking to people again and have an honest conversation without being fucking offended. That's my final thoughts. Nickelback Ab, Dominic. Shout out to Breeze Season, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Ab will be back going next week, right? Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock, right? Uh, absolutely. Right and, 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 and amen to what you just said, man. Amen. It's just the truth. It's all truth, man. I'm tired. Of, yo, Dom knows where I come from on this. I'm tired of the. You guys can always come on this platform and speak your piece. I'm not. You're never gonna hear Steve. You know, unless you, you know you, you're talking about killing and all that. You know, you're gonna have to push that on. So now, outside of that. Speak your piece. Be be your own man or woman and come on here and speak your honest piece on what you saw during the game. And then topics like this happen. You can come on here, but I'm tired of this cancel culture shit, being hypocrites, being pussies because you're trying to hold keep your bag because you can't be honest and support your your fellow brother who plays in the league you used to play in. That's some bullshit. Sangre also, ladies and gentlemen, Blee Blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee